And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. It's Friday. I hope that you guys are enjoying your weekend. It's beautiful out there. Get to a lake, get to a beach, get to a patio, do something. Enjoy it. You work hard. You deserve this. Uh, What a great way to end the week with Jim Midgley on the podcast. My God, you know, if you look at this guy's elite prospects and you look at his player side and his coaching side, this guy knows the game. I'm going to give you a little bit of his resume here. I'm not going to give you a little bit of his resume. I'm going to give you his resume here. I might mess up a couple times because it's long, so bear with me. We'll start with his playing side. Started in the OHL playing for the North Bay Centennials. After that, moving on to the Belleville Bulls. Then after that, he left the OHL to come here to Halifax and play in the CIS, playing for the St. Mary's Men's Hockey Team, where he captained that team for three years. After that, moving on to pro hockey, playing for Fort Worth. Then after that, he started his coaching career, where he started as an assistant coach uh, with Acadia. Then after that, moving on to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, being the assistant coach for the St. John Sea Dogs. After that, he moved on to Rothsay, but with his time at Rothsay, he actually also coached the Canadian Atlantic Men's U17 team. So after his time uh, with Rothsay, he moved to... Uh, the Halifax Mooseheads organization being the assistant coach for six years. And then in the 2017-2018 season, he became the head coach here in Halifax. He actually also won, as we all know, a Memorial Cup with the Halifax Mooseheads in 2013, coaching McKinnon and Drew West. So historic stories coming from Midge today on the podcast, guaranteed. He is currently coaching over in Germany in the DEL League with the... Oh man, I'm going to mess this up. With the... Iserlohn Roosters, I-S-E-R-L-O-H-N Roosters, Iserlohn, I'm terrible with sounding words though, but I'm sorry Midge if you're listening to this, the intro and I'm messing that up, or anyone else, or any teammates of his, or or anyone in the organization, I'm sorry, Iserlohn Roosters, Iserlohn Roosters, yeah, I think I got it right, Iserlohn, but that's the thing with German, there could be like that H in the end could be silent, so it could just be Iserlohn Roosters. I'm going with Iserlohn Roosters, so it's Iserlohn Roosters. Uh, Jim Midgley is on the podcast, extremely excited to talk to him about his days here in Halifax, winning a Mem Cup, coaching two guys like Drouin and McKinnon. Come on, like that, that's a coach's dream come true. It's you know what more do you want as a coach? So you know managing all that talent on the forward end of the bench, playing for their coaching the Mooseheads, also coaching at Acadia St. John Canadian Atlantic U17 team, where he was the head coach actually in 2010, and then just going back to his playing days in the OHL back in uh, the late 90s. Like come on, also playing at St. Mary's in the early 2000s. This guy's going to have stories for days, so I'm excited to talk to to Jim. It's going to be a great way to end the week here on Friday. Once again, I hope that you guys enjoy your weekend. I know I will. Have fun. Stay safe. Find a patio. Find a lake. Find a pool. Find a beer. Find a giant. Whatever your vice is, just have fun. Enjoy it. Summer is here. Here we go. We're talking to Jim. I'm Justin. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. All right, Midge, we are back for round two. <laughs> round two will be better, though. Yeah. Mike's will be here. It's like I said, it was the second date. It's yeah. The second date we're having. Deja vu. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think we can start the podcast without talking about yesterday. Though, well, hockey-wise. Yeah. The Leafs. Yeah. Same crazy. with Vancouver winning. Did you watch the whole game? Or did I you did. Turn it off? I did. I watched the, the Toronto game. I, I, I'm going to admit I'm a closet Leaf fan, so... Uh, Grew up with it in the house in the house with my dad. So my dad loved the Leafs. My brothers, uh, well, my one brother loves the Leafs. He was out in Calgary, but uh, yeah, crazy. I uh, I had them written off. Um, 
but uh, you know you got to give Sheldon Keith a little bit of credit. He changed the lines up and put uh, Matthews with uh, what Matthews with uh, Marner and Tavares. And, yeah, and uh, you know I'm not saying that was the the reason why they won. They got a little bit of luck too, but uh, crazy crazy how it all works. I liked how Spezza dropped the gloves too. It's a good look for him. A guy who's been a first line guy his whole life and now he's dropped down to the fourth line. That role player drops the mitts. It's a good look for him. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh it just shows you uh, you know there's a guy there who's who's been through it all and you know a first line guy now he's a fourth line guy and willing to you know willing to fight and try and spark the team up but uh, you know it says a lot about his character and who he is and you know that's probably why the Leafs got him too so that's uh, you know yeah. shows a lot to, shows a lot what he uh, what he brings to the table it's exciting times right now summertime yep. hockey sucks for Sid though yesterday too that's brutal. yeah yeah no uh yeah it's uh it's crazy to think that they're out Edmonton's out uh, you know a lot of good hockey players uh you know are done so yeah. it's uh it's going to be an interesting uh you know sweet 16 you know once it gets there so it'll be interesting for sure yeah it'll be fun to watch um all right let's start with you with uh, the playing career in career you know when we talk about the uh the OHL compared to when you played to now and the whole CHL just junior hockey in general talk about the difference from I guess back then to now yeah, I think it's just like hockey in general. You know, the guys are bigger, faster, stronger. There's so much more resources for players now in terms of off-ice conditioning. You know, the science of the game now is, you know, you never, you know, back when I was playing, in the way, you never heard that word, the science, right? But if you look at, you know, there's so many different opportunities. I know in Ontario with Gary Roberts and, you know, different trainers and there's skating coaches, skills coaches, um, you know, like there's so much these kids, uh, you know, the players now have for resources too. So it's a lot different when I, certainly when I was, when I was playing in the OHL, it was, you know, training camp and Labor Day weekend and away you go, you're, you're uh, two or three weeks of, of training camp and then you're, you know, you're jumping into the regular season. So yeah. it's, it's certainly changed for sure. What did you do in the off season back then? Anything? You know what? I was a huge softball player. So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I was, I was lucky enough. My, uh, my 19 year old year in junior, I was, you know, playing for team Ontario and team Canada for softball. So I was, I was one of those guys who, you know, worked out, you know, what I could, but I, I love ball. Like I, yeah. I, you know, I, you look at now with spring hockey and different things now that you know this is a 12-month sport for a lot of kids i remember trying my gear on the end of august to make sure it still fit right <laughs> so it's it's certainly changed and uh you know i was a you know a multi-sport athlete and i loved ball too just as much as i loved hockey oh yeah 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 i loved I, it yeah is that the same way with me with lacrosse i was probably better at lacrosse than i was hockey but i i contribute my athletic skill with lacrosse due to hockey yeah 100 you know? percent. yeah i i think uh you know you look at any multi-sport athlete there's so many kids who play you know soccer baseball or whatever and you can see it it, it, it brings you know the hand-eye coordination of ball brings it in, in, into the rink as well yeah um, playing back in the junior days, I know that you played with, uh, Dan Cleary, Newfoundland guy. Yeah. How was it playing with him, uh, as, as a teammate there? I think you said you were in Belleville with him. Yeah. 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 What Belleville, was it like yeah. playing with him? Yeah, it was, it was great. Danny, uh, obviously was a first round pick to, to Chicago and a really skilled guy. He had played in the league, um, you know, as a young, uh, exceptional status player, I think it may have been, you know, he may have played as a, as an underage, but he was, he was so good. Uh, you know, lots of skill, um, yeah, he was he was a good player and you know first round pick eighth overall I think he was to Chicago so that says that says a lot too so yeah. he uh, he was quite the cat he was a, you know he was a maritime guy too so he was he was a lot of fun to play with and back then I know you know when you you're playing junior hockey and I know you you started coaching really soon after junior hockey I know you played that one year pro down in Texas you yeah. said yeah so did you know when you were playing junior hockey that you wanted to coach right away or did it come you know 
a little bit later? Yeah, it's a good question because I've been asked that before and, and probably how I got the real itch to coach is is obviously, you know, my playing career at St. Mary's, I don't want to jump too far ahead on you, but when I played at SMU, obviously, you know, they, you know, we had four, three or four weeks of hockey school and uh, that's probably where I got the itch. I, you know, I sort of took a lead role in the afternoon sessions and, and you know, just, you know, with Steiny and, and Tyler and, it that's where I sort of got the itch. I just really enjoyed it. And yeah. I always was, I always was, a was the guy who, you know, was always talk trades and, you know, put line combinations together too. So I just had the passion and the itch for it just right from the get go. Even when you were a player, you were talking about that stuff. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I just have, you know, the passion for it and I, I loved it. And, you know, I just, yeah. you know, trade deadline day I'm on, you know, I'm watching all day. Right. So yeah. just, you know, little things like that. And, yeah, so uh, that's that's probably where I got the passion to coach. And like, if you look at university sports now, and the AUS is so great, a lot of Ontario players come and play in the AUS. Was that a common thing back then, or did you almost like you know start a wave in that sense of having Ontario players come to Nova Scotia to play CIS hockey? Yeah, I probably think uh, you know the Acadia back when the Acadia was probably you know their you know their dynasty years. I think there was a lot of guys coming out you know, coming from the West and coming from Ontario just before I started playing. Like okay. I come in 98, played 98 to 02 at St. Mary's. But I think, you know, a pr- couple previous years before Acadia was doing a good job of recruiting guys from Ontario. So yeah, no, I, it's, uh, it was, it was, it's been a cool experience. Yeah. 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 So it's funny. I'm 42 now and I came out here when I was 19. I think I'm, you know, I, I consider myself a, you know, a maritime or not. Yeah. I've lived out here more than I have in Ontario. It's crazy how you hear that story from a lot of Ontario guys coming here to play hockey. Yeah. And then they just end up staying. They end up starting a family. They end up, you know, working here. It, it's crazy how you hear that. It yeah. takes a hold of you, this place. In the yeah. World. It's I, an, it's I remember, I remember Steiny or it may have been Chris Larson saying that, you know, you may never go home and, uh, you know, you may call this home and, uh, you know, you, you know, they say it, but you, you know, you never, you never think of it, but there's, there's been a few of us from St. Mary's who've, who've you know, put our roots down here and, uh, yeah, so myself, I think there's Jason Cannon and you know Chris Manchowski, who I play with at St. Mary's. He's just looking to looking to move out, move back here from. Uh, he's a he's a out west guy, and yeah. he's, he's looking to come here too. So, yeah, no, I love the Maritimes, love the people, and you know I've connected with a lot of great people here. So when Steiny came up and recruited you, what was the pitch? What did he say to you? Yeah, it was come just, to the Maritimes. It was just uh, you know I still remember him coming to recruit. Steve Galachi and I, and, um, you know, I think Steiny had, had, had coached one year at, um, you know, was, uh, he coached one year at, at SMU, and then we were probably his first, you know, real recruiting class where he had the chance to go out and and uh, come to Ontario and, yeah. and, and recruit us. And, it, yeah, so it was just, a, you know, I, I still remember, you know, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but uh, I, I still remember Steiny coming to Belleville and, and uh, just – you know, giving us a sales pitch, but I remember the second time when Steiny got, you know, met my parents and I remember my parents going, well, that's the guy you want to play for. He's just, you know, passionate, you know, same, you know, same blue collar guy that, you know, that I grew up with, you know, in, in, in my household too. So he, uh, yeah, so he's, you know, big, uh, a big part of my career for sure. Do you take like, you know, cause you coach junior and you coached in the AUS as well. When you do go on these recruiting trips, do you take almost lessons from Steiny and how he almost influenced your parents to get you to go play university? Was there something about him that go, okay, well, if my parents can respect Steiny, I'm going to take a little bit of things yeah. from Steiny. So when I go to recruit guys to play for the Mooseheads or to play for uh, Smew or Acadia, did you take anything from him? 
Yeah, I, I think you know one thing. I you know Steiny's for real, right? Like Steiny's a yeah. real guy. He's uh, you know he's he's obviously he's passionate about what he does, and you know like I said to you, I, that's you know the household I grew up in, and you know my parents were, you know uh, you know very honest people, and they they worked hard, and, and I you know we could see that we could see that in Steiny, and that's you know that's why I wanted to to you know to come here to Halifax and and, and play at St Mary's too. So it's you know obviously it worked out great and you know uh, I was a captain there and you know I, we had the chance to win a AUS championship too so yeah. that was pretty cool and you know our team just got put in the hall of fame this year so no way I didn't yeah know that. yeah yeah it was so like our, a ceremony yeah so our 2002 unfortunately I wasn't able to come back because I was over in Germany coaching yeah. but the world of technology with FaceTime and everything like that uh, I got many morning phone calls and from the boys so <laughs> yeah, awesome. they, they, had, they had a lot of fun I love a good alumni group. I love it. Yeah, when they, you know the Mooseheads are starting to do it where they're bringing back guys. I, I, it's it's a it's a great thing for a lot of people to play hockey. Yeah, that's one thing that's that's awesome about you know going to a university like like St. Mary's and our hockey alumni is awesome. You yeah, know, we got uh, you know some you know we have the Ice Dogs and we have you know I stay really connected with that and Steiny and you know Steiny did a great job of of keeping us all connected and and uh, yeah so that's it's uh, you know it's real cool it's it's yeah. it's fun to be you know. Um, you know, those guys are friends for lifetime and that you played with back then. And we still, you know, we're on a group text and it's, it's, right. it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to, you know, to chirp each other and talk hockey and just talk about life too. their kids or, you know, Alex Hallett's out building cars out, you know, a, a truck out and out in Calgary. So he's always sending us, you know, what his engine's doing and stuff like that. So yeah, just just yeah. fun stuff like that. I love it. Yeah. Um, a, a big common thread here on the podcast is leadership ability. When we talk about championships, we talk about Crosby, we talk about Taves and their Stanley Cups and their resume. Yeah. You were a captain at St. Mary's your second year going in. I know yesterday we touched on that doesn't really happen. Usually, guys, it takes two, three, sometimes four years to be captain. But you were there second year and you became a captain. What do you think it is about your leadership ability that allows you to, to lead other guys? Just probably the way I was brought up. You know, uh, you know, I got two good parents, hardworking parents, and then they – you know, they, you know, they were good leaders to me. They were role models to me too. So, um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've, you know, my experience of being a captain is, you know, I've been a captain in baseball and, you know, I've sort of always had that growing up. And I yeah. think it's the, just the values that my parents gave me and, and, uh, things that, you know, they've taught me. And, and, and on the other side of it, I've played for cool captains too, like good captain, I you know, James Boyd, who is, uh, who is uh, uh, a general manager of the Ottawa 67s right now. He was, uh, you know, he was a guy who was a, a great leader that I played with. And so I've had those opportunities to, you know, play with guys like that. And, and you know, and again, like the values my parents gave me too. So it was, yeah. you know, being a captain is a huge responsibility. And somebody told me a long time ago that leadership's lonely. And it's, it, it sometimes it is. You have to, you know, you have to say things that sometimes don't want to be said. And that's like coaching too. So it's, you know, there's, there's, certain things that go along with being a captain that sometimes a lot of people don't want that responsibility. And, and, uh, you know, I think I've took it into my coaching career a little bit as well too. So there's, you know, lots of good values that I've learned along the way. And then what do you look for in a captain is, uh, you know, there's a lot of millennial, there is millennials playing hockey right now. And a lot of people are, you know, counting us out when it comes to our characteristic and things like that. But is it more difficult to, to find a captain and, and to find those traits almost like you had in yourself as a, as a young man? Yeah, a, a little bit. I, you know, I think there's, you know, it's, it's like you said, like the, there's, it, it's, it's hard sometimes to, to find those guys who, who want to challenge their friends and want to challenge their teammates too. And that's, you know, I look at, 
like we had Ryan Falkingham, who was awesome. And he was, you know, he's another guy who's been a captain all the way up with the Mooseheads. And he was, he was a guy who was willing to say things. He was, he was, you know, he led by example. Uh, you know, he said things, he blocked shots. And those are, those are characteristics. I think that, uh, you know, you look at as a captain for sure. Um, I want to talk about the coaching side now. Like when you first started with Acadia, the, um, I guess, like, you know, when I first started this podcast, there was tons of things I had to learn. I messed up a bunch. Even yesterday, messed up. You know, when you first started coaching, yeah. what are some, you know, issues you had when you first started? Was it, you know, rolling the lines? Was it, all right, boys, you go, uh, open the door? Like, I don't know, just anything as a coach that you had to get comfortable with that you weren't really good at at the very beginning? Yeah, I think for me, it was it was the age thing. Like, I played against guys, and, you know, Kevin Baker was a guy I played with in Belleville, so that was a little bit of, uh, you know, a challenge for me at the start, but... Yeah. Um, you know, I, I give Burnsy, Darren Burns, a lot of credit. He, you know, he coached me. Um, and then when I got hired at Acadia, um, when I got hired there, uh, Burnsy threw me right in and I was changing lines. And, you know, the off-ice stuff is, you know, ordering equipment and learning how to recruit. And, you know, just just the off-ice side of things that you don't see a whole lot as a player. So I yeah. had to learn that. And, uh, you know, and like I said, he... He was great. He, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, I ran practices and ran drills and practice too. So I was, uh, you know, it, it was, it was great for me as for four years. I, like I learned a ton and, you know, I got great experience on, on terms of, uh, you know, everything that went along with, with coaching besides, you know, you know, blowing a whistle and different <laughs> things like that too. Yeah. So it, it was, it was great experience for me. And did you find that your age and the relationship with the players that were very similar ages to you, did you find that helped or did you find that was maybe a little bit of a challenge to earn the respect? I think it helped in some aspects of it. Cause I could relate to them. You know, I, I, you know, I played against some of those guys and, and uh, you know, I could relate to them in terms of what they were thinking and going through. And then on the other side too, it was, you know, it was, it was a fine line for me to walk uh, in terms of being, being a buddy and also being a coach too. Yeah. So there, it, you know, you sort of have to, you sort of have to, you know, tread water a little bit and, and, and have that balance with the guys as well too. So, um, but I, I enjoyed it. It was, uh, you know, was it a challenge? Yeah. At times it was, but, um, you know, it, it, uh, it's, it's interesting because you're, you're, you, you want to be, you, you, you know, you want to be the coach, but you also want to let them vent a little bit too. So that's, you know, it's been, you know, that was, that was, uh, you know, a little bit of the challenge as well, I guess. Did you surprise yourself in any facet? You're like, holy shit, I know how to do this. And without any challenge, was there any aspect of that? You're like, oh, that came naturally. Um, no, well, you know, I, I, you know, I had experience of, you know, running a practice with, uh, with younger guys and, in different things like that. But, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it was a whole, you know, a, a crazy challenge for me. And, yeah. you know, I, I had a great support staff you know, I, Mike Elko, who was there as an, as an assistant coach, he had been there for, he's still there. It's, few, it's like decades. So his experience was awesome too. And he had, you know, Burnsy and him had won championships and, and, uh, so they had some good experience too, that I learned. I, I learned a ton from those guys. Yeah. It was, it was great. Was there, when you moved on to the Quebec major junior hockey league, uh, for St. John, did you notice a difference? Cause I know there's a lot more games in junior hockey compared to the AUS. Did you struggle at all with the schedule or did you like it more? Uh, and it's also with age groups cause you're dealing with 16 year olds now. Yeah. It's it, a totally different thing. To totally different thing. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, in junior hockey, uh, you know, at university, those guys have been through all that stuff. You yeah. know, it was curfews and making sure guys go to school and sometimes organizing rides and making sure you know the young guys got to the rank or whatever like the, just different things and you know I think major junior teams do a good job of having people in the organization who 
who, who deal with all that stuff, but you're still, as a coach, you're still overseeing those things and making sure things are done like that. Yeah. You know, the, you know, the little things like that are done, but it, uh, you know, it's certainly, it's certainly, uh, you know, there's more development in junior, uh, more games, as you said, and as a coach, you're, you're cut more video, you're, you know, there's university hockey, there's seven teams and, you know, major junior, there's, you know, there's way more teams that you have to, yeah. you know, you have to prepare for. And, yeah. and you know, there's longer road trips for sure. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So there's a lot more that goes with it. Longer season and, you know, more coaching, more development, more video. And, yeah. but, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed both levels for sure. I always ask players this. I never even asked a coach this. What's your, what's the, your favorite rink to coach in other than like when you played in St. John or Halifax, I guess the Q in general, your favorite rink to coach in, in the least favorite rink to coach in other than your home rink uh the quebec the quebec uh, coliseum was pretty cool yeah uh you know i had the chance to coach in the coliseum and then the new rink i think it's called the videotron coliseum or yeah. videotron yeah, Th yeah that yeah. was uh pretty cool you know we had that crazy series uh with quebec uh you know, we winner. were down down three games to nothing and then ended up coming back and went drew Dr scoring an overtime game seven that was that was pretty cool i think i think that series we had may have broke the record for most fans in a chl series in no terms way of, yeah i think so yeah two I, of the best rinks in the chl two metro of the best center rinks and, yeah yeah, yeah. And, and the metro center is awesome to yeah. coach in too it's a you know great building to work out of and uh, you know obviously we know how passionate the fans are here yeah. too so that's you know that's that goes along with it too so it's uh, definitely a moosehead city and um yeah, so I would say the Coliseum. In terms of the rinks, I didn't enjoy. Um, Bay Camo was always a tough rink to play in. You know, we players had players say that too. Yeah, we had some. Uh, you know, we had some good battles with them, and obviously, uh, you know, the Presidents Cup final was uh, was some good battles there yeah. too. And their fans are passionate for them, and it's the ceiling's really low, and they have the horn. They have their big horn there too, so it's a loud building. They don't obviously get as many fans as we do, but they yeah. jam them in there. Yeah, and it's a passionate hockey hockey. I uh, believe it. A hockey city and you know i remember practices there'd be 30 or 40 you know old guys down in the corner watching this practice too like they're they're passionate there they, watching you practice yeah watching us practice yeah and you know you get a wintry day there and there's 15 snowmobiles in the parking lot for what? a game too yeah it's crazy yeah, that's it's, how they get around out there that's how they get around yeah that's yeah crazy. it's yeah it's snow banks you know just crazy high and yeah people shoveling their roofs there yeah it's crazy is it true that in some up in quebec rinks they don't stand for O Canada. I've heard this. Yeah, I, I've saw it. Yeah. Um, what, what do you do? What's your reaction? Just put your head down. Don't even. Yeah, you, you know, you see it, but it's, you know, we're, you know, we don't really pay attention. You know, yeah. pay attention to it. You see it, and it's like whatever. It, it is whatever. Yeah, exactly. Move when on. I heard that for the first time, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" In Canada, yeah. but then again, you know, yeah. up there in deep, deep Quebec, that's that's the life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk about a whirlwind of a career with the Mooseheads. You know, winning a Mem Cup, winning a President's Cup, yeah. moving on to becoming a head coach of that team in a, in a place where you grew up playing for St. Mary's here in Halifax. Yeah. I guess just talk about, like, even that first year in Halifax. How, like, what do you, talk about the emotion you were going through when you got the position. Yeah, no, uh, obviously when I played here at SMU, I went to a lot of Mooseheads games. And, um, you know, like I told you earlier, um, you know, I love hockey and love watching it. So, I, you know, I went to a ton of ton of their games and, um yeah so coming from St. John to here and uh you know the Mooseheads are in a rebuilding here and, and Dominic Ducharme and Steve Hartley were already hired and they are we'd already had that draft that we took Drew Ann second overall and then Fucali I think he may have been seventh or eighth I yeah. wasn't I wasn't hired by the team then I got hired like two weeks after and then obviously that's when Nathan went to Bay Camo first overall and I had coached uh at the Canada Games against McKinnon and I remember 
the discussion of us possibly trading for Nate, right? And yeah. uh, so we had, uh, you know, obviously group texts and things like that to, you know, how much should we give up for McKinnon or whatever? And I wasn't obviously part of those conversations, but I, in terms of what they were asking for or whatever, but I remember um, us getting McKinnon and having those, you know, is he that good? Is he going to be this good? Is he, you know, I was like, this kid's the real deal. I remember we had played under 14 and 15 against, against uh, Nova Scotia. I was coaching New Brunswick and I believe I I'm, Pretty sure Nate had hat tricks in the gold at the, at the Challenge Cup in Moncton. I believe yeah. Nate had hat tricks both final gold medal games against. We lost them, and yeah, so he's yeah. So he's yeah. He there was, was games in Halifax during that time too, right? Didn't they play in the Metro that, Center? Uh, that was uh, yes, that was that was the yeah yeah. So yeah. that was uh, that was uh, the Canada Games itself. But okay. Bef- uh, leading up to that, there was the under fourteen, under fifteen. They have at the Challenge Cup in October, okay, Thanksgiving sorry. weekend. Yeah, okay. so so leading up to that, and then Nate obviously at the Canada Games was really good here too. Yeah, and he set yeah. a buzz in Halifax. Like, wow, this guy might be playing for the Moose exactly, one day, and that's yeah. just when the buzz hit. Yeah, yeah, that was the buzz, and he, uh, yeah. So obviously making that trade, it was it was huge for us. So yeah, coming into the Mooseheads, we were in a rebuild. Um, you know, you had Joanne Fucali and McKinnon. Yeah, uh, Brian Falkingham was a late was a fifth round pick that year so we had those four guys and that Joanne didn't come right yeah, at the why start didn't he right come? uh there was a lot of stuff um you know he's he going to go to school NCAA thing and then oh, yeah. we had ended up trying to go up to obviously bring him to Halifax a couple times I remember Dom Dom was from Montreal he would go see him practice and Cam would go up and Bobby would go up to see him um you know try and convince him to come and then he ended up he ended up coming at Christmas time, and obviously that's like a, you know it's like adding somebody at the trade deadline, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, that first year was uh, it, it was it was great, and you know I think we talked about this yesterday, and we brought it up before is is we were down three nothing to Quebec and ended up winning in Game Seven, but you know the third you know 2012 2013 we win the Memorial Cup, but I think I personally think us learning how to win against Quebec that game you know we were down three games to nothing and then come back and win game seven in overtime you know we grew as a we grew as a as a as a group and you know we talk about great leaders like Critchlow was awesome for us we had Critchlow Randall and Cousner that year they they called themselves the CCR line but they were <laughs> they were awesome for us they taught our, our ta- they taught our young guys how to win it was yeah that was uh real a real good uh growth period for us like we we, we really grew as a group um, I remember that year, the year before you guys ended up winning it all. And I agree with everything you're saying. I knew Critchlow a little bit cause he played in Lewiston with yeah. a buddy of mine, Safaris, yeah. and yeah. I got to know him a little bit through there and the leadership ability. We talked about it a second ago, yeah. just a pure leader, pure leader, that guy. Yeah. He's you know, character he, guy. Too. He was a guy who's been a leader everywhere he's gone. Like, you know, you look what he did at UNB, he had a great career at UNB and now he's overseas playing and he's, he's, you know, he's, yeah, he's one of those soldier guys. Like yeah. I always say this as good as is. Obviously, it was awesome to coach the Duran McKinnons and uh, you know Nico Heischer and those guys. The those other guys, you know, the supporting cast that those guys had were great people as well. Yeah. Great teammates, great hockey players. You know, the Darcy Ashleys, Brent Andrews. Uh, 
you know, I can go on to Ryan Foghams, guys who went on to play AUS. You know, I was one of those guys. I, you know, I play with some great players, but, you know, those guys remind a lot about, you know, my, you know, remind me a lot about my playing career. Yeah. And those guys are so key for us. And, you know, those guys went away to Duran McKinnon went away to play World Juniors. And, you know, we never missed a beat that 2013 year. We were so deep and so good. And, and uh, yeah, so, th- you know, there's, there's, you know, you need superstar players, but the supporting cast and the and the foot soldiers are just as important, you know, in terms of a winning ingredients for any team. Well, that was going to be my next question yeah. because, you know, when I played hockey, I played with, you know, really good players. And there was, you know, not trouble, but there was, you know, maybe a little jealousy issues. And you look at McKinnon and Drouin, stars of the CHL, and then you look at the supporting cast behind as the names that you just named. Mm-hmm. Was there any issues like that going into into that season, knowing that these two guys were the, the real deal going to the NHL? Or did everyone just mel and uh, mesh and gel together? Yeah, I think those, are, those, those other guys were so respectful and they knew how good those guys were. But, yeah. you know, you look at the... You know, Memorial Cup final game, obviously Nate's game was unbelievable, but, you know, Conrad Abelscheiser had five points. Fukali was, you know, obviously Fuchs is a world-class goalie, and he was, you know, I think he had 45, 46 saves. But we had, you know, like the Stephen McCulley's and, you know, Darcy Ashley and those guys were, you know, th- those guys were respectful of those guys, but they weren't scared to say anything to them either. Like I love if something that. needed to be said to, and that's the leadership that they brought that we needed to win. And, um, you know, and it, it was great. And, you know, I, you know, if you ask Nate and Joe, what, you know, those guys respected those guys and that they were a huge part of our, of our program for sure. Yeah. And as a coach, if someone makes a mistake on that bench, let's say you are in the Mem Cup and you see a mistake, is it at the point of the season where you let it go and you know that they're going to fix their mistake, or you would just say, "Hey, boys, you know, watch that chip along the boards. Like someone's coming for you there." Like how, how do you how do you angle that as a coach? I, for an example, I remember watching Dobson this year at the Mem Cup, and he made a couple mistakes, and he went off to the bench for a second, and the coach didn't say anything to him because he's a guy who just kind of already knows he made a mistake. He's going to go back out there and fix it. As a coach going into that situation in the Mem Cup, uh, how do you approach a mistake? Yeah, I think at that point of the season, you know, you you just let the guys go and, you know, you 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 try and give them a little bit of guidance. But, to, you know, the, there's a reason why we were there too. Like we were, we were so deep and so good. And uh, like I remember the preparation for it, you know, we didn't, we didn't uh, over prep them or over coach the guys. They, you know, they were so zoomed, in, you know, zoned in and, and focused to, you know, to win. And, um, but uh, yeah, it, you know, we had, we, and again, we were, you know, we think we lost six games that year too. So don't, uh, <laughs> but we had a good team and we were deep, but it, it wasn't, uh, you know, we didn't over coach it a whole lot. We, um, you know, I, I think I said this to you yesterday. I think this, one of the biggest things is we had beat, uh, we had lost to Saskatoon and then we had beat uh, London and we got some help the next night. So we had four days off. Our biggest challenge was to keep the guys busy and keep the guys occupied. And, and uh, you know, I remember them going out to throw the baseball or Frisbee or something. We were more worried if they had sunscreen on the thing <laughs> so they didn't get heat stroke and, you know, just little things like that. We had... You know, we took the guys, you know, mini putt batting cages and rock climbing on the on a wall. We're just like, oh, don't fall. And like, I was just, gonna say, like, yeah, like, that's just, not the... <laughs> you know, but it's you know, you, they got to be they got to be people and and kids as well too. So we did a good job of handling that, I thought. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you, you know, you at, at that point when you get to the you know to those you know big moments, the guys are you know the guys are pretty focused and they you know they 
they see the prize at the end of the tunnel. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was, that was a great experience to win that for sure. It was a great experience to watch too. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Just sitting at home. I've never felt, you know, cause we don't have an NHL team here. So yeah. when you think of like the Leafs and Boston and Montreal, that fan base and they go win cups and the whole city comes together. I've never felt a moment where a whole city was just together yeah. for one day. It was a really cool yeah. feeling to be back home. Yeah. I don't think when you're like, I, when you, when you're so invested in it and so, involved in it you don't realize it until after or when yeah. it's all done when you win and you see the you know i think there was close to ten thousand people if not more downtown at the parade at the you know yeah. the the celebration after we won and i think you know you don't realize it until after the fact or flipping through your phone and you see those pictures you're like oh geez that was pretty cool right and then uh so yeah that you know it's yeah it was a real uh a real um cool experience yeah. and it, it was you know a, a lifetime memory for sure what's the biggest challenge after winning a mem cup the next year you almost have to come a little bit down to reality and reset what's the biggest challenge you know what like that when we that that following year we got uh, obviously with the draft with uh with uh nate went first to to colorado and then joe got sent back that year and then we had a great draft in terms of uh European draft we had that's when we drafted Ehlers and uh, Timo Meyer and um, so we had we had some some of those guys come back and uh, I think it was Darcy Darcy may have been a 20 year old so we had a good team so we had we we were really close we lost to Valdor I th- I'm pretty sure it was Valdor we lost to and Valdor ended up uh, winning the uh, winning the President's Cup the following year did they okay I'm pretty sure they did yeah I, I'm yeah I'm 99% sure they did so yeah so we had a good team the following year yeah and um, so we were close and we you know we had a, a long series with uh, with uh, with Valdor and we were down and we came back and yeah so it's you know th- that that year we could have we could have won too like it was that's yeah. how you know we we still had that depth we didn't you know we did, obviously we didn't have nate but we got joe back and that that really helped we had ehlers and yeah so we Meyer, yeah. We, we were a good uh we, we had a good team that second year do you look at a guy like timo meyer and ehlers and go okay you guys are great players but you're not nhl ready yet do you ever talk to maybe like agents or scouts or anything like that and they go okay look these two guys are prospects they're gonna go first second round here's what i need you to tell them is, is there anything like that in developing a guy because when you think of the mooseheads you think of guys who are being developed very well. I think the Mooseheads do a great job of that, of taking guys who are good hockey players and mm-hmm. turning them into pros. You do you yeah. agree? I, I I agree. Yeah, I think that you know one thing with Halifax is they do a great job with their European scouting, with Absolutely. all their scouting, and and um, you know uh, Nick Ehlers was a first round pick to you know, and and Timo was the following year. He was a first round pick. Timo. Timo was probably one of the most improved players from first year to second year. Absolutely, when he came, like absolutely, he, he was. You know, he's probably the first guy to say he was. You know, vanilla his first year, and then he comes. Um, it, it comes back to uh, in his second year, and then ends up being a first round pick to San Jose. So he, yeah, he he improved a ton. So we Halifax has done a great job of 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 getting European players and you know, it's, it's hats off to the organization because a lot of kids want to come, right. They they want to play for the Mooseheads. The moose yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, they, we've, we, we did a good job of, you know, the development side of it too, but you know, those guys are good players. They're yeah. hungry. They want to, they yeah. want to, you know, they want to get better and yeah. you know, they come here to get to the NHL. Yeah. So that's, that was, uh, 
you know, those, those guys are fun to coach for sure. In your seven years there, what do you think the secret is of the development? I know it's getting guys here and making them comfortable, making sure they're good with their billets so they can focus on hockey. That's a big part of it. But is there anything else that maybe the listeners or the viewers don't see behind the scenes in the organization that really helps these players develop into pro hockey players? Yeah, I think it's, you know, like we've had some good coaches here as well too. Like, you know, Dom's in the NHL for a reason. He's, you know, he's a great coach, great developer. And we had Andre Tournier here. He was coach of the year in the, in the OHL uh, this year. And he had experience coaching the National Hockey League. So, you know, is you know, as a as an assistant coach, I learned a ton from those guys yeah. too. So, you know, I know as a player, you know, the players learned a, learned a bunch as well too. So, but the real, you know, one thing I will give Halifax, uh, you know, the Mooseheads a great, you know, uh, you know, a great credit for is their resources. They have world class strength coaches. Alexi Pianozzi, who's a Halifax guy, was a, you know a strength coach for us for a few years, and now he's in the NHL. So. Um, you know, Chris Pierce is there now. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's a great off-ice strength coach for for the Moosehead. So that in terms of, of all the resources, you know, uh, you know, great ownership group and Bobby lets, you know, or, or, you know, provides that for the players too. So I think that's why a lot of kids want to come to Halifax as yeah. well. You know, they have, a, you know, the four pad over there that's a training, you know, the, that's where they practice oh, facility unreal. and it's, it's world-class facility. There's, there's pro teams who don't have that so it's um you know those are lots lot lots of the luxuries that you know that that Halifax provides too so I think there's you know great resources for players to to, to grow here yeah um he sure it seems like you have a great relationship with him yeah I saw a picture on your Instagram you went down to New Jersey and, and yeah. saw him play talk about coaching him yeah probably you know as good as a hockey player he is, and you know, you get drafted first overall for a reason. He's just a tremendous person. I love um, to hear that. And uh, you know, uh, when I was in St. John, the the he was a stick boy, water boy, if you want to call him that. Was he? A, no, no. Uh, I, I'm just going to bring up. Okay, so sorry. the assistant uh, equipment manager when I was in St. John, who was the stick boy, water boy, whatever okay, you want to call okay. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is now the assistant equipment manager in New Jersey. So that is no way. yeah. So that is a connection that I had with New Jersey before and then Nico gets drafted to to New Jersey so I text my buddy Nathan Nathan and said you know look after this guy he's a great person and they sort of hit it off so but Nico is just a tremendous tremendous person I, I remember his draft uh going down to see him get drafted and you know just after he was so thankful just a good like an unbelievable person and um yeah real good hockey player and like like you said I had the chance to go down there to my wife and I had a chance to go down to see him play and yeah he actually scored the overtime winner that Did night he? too so that that was really cool to go down and see him after and and they were going to Nashville that night so I didn't get to see him a whole lot but but um yeah just an awesome awesome person as good as he is as hockey just a great person he's from switzerland, switzerland yeah so yeah. i saw an instagram picture of him tying up his military boots because apparently in switzerland yeah. it's mandatory in your 20s you have to do a couple months within the military yeah the fact that he works and lives outside of switzerland he didn't have to do it yeah but he decided to do it anyways yeah i thought that was a big character move oh it, that's that's just who he is he uh you know he came to halifax and played that one year for literally could have been our captain that's just yeah. how he was as a as a player his character and obviously he's world-class player he's he he was probably for, probably for me the best all-around junior player I coached and Nathan was awesome don't get me wrong like and you know Nate's right there with him but like in terms of d zone he was 
Nico was more worried about D zone than he was offensively, if you can believe it. Really? He put up, you know, a ton of points. He was so good that, you know, he's one of the best 200 foot players I coached. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was, uh, he was great. But, you know, like you said that the whole him signing up for the military, I, I tweeted out something about it. He was just, yeah, that's just who he is. He's, his buddies that signed up. So he signed up and he, yeah. you know, he gets to train there and, and do his, you know, do, I don't know exactly what they, what they do, but it's, yeah. it just shows you the character who he, uh, of, of, of the guy. When yeah. he first, how's his English? Is it, real good. Is yeah. it good? Yeah. 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 Real good. When yeah. he first got here, did he fit in right away with the boys or like you, those Europeans are a little yeah, nervous? Yeah. No, he fit right in. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, uh, we, we put him in the same billet, uh, I think, yeah, he was with uh, Ethan Phillips's family. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. So he lived. He lived there, and uh, yeah, Nico's. Yeah, he was. He was. He was great. Great teammate. Yeah. Great person. Very respectful. Um, yeah, low maintenance guy. Never Love that. complained. Uh, you know, just come to the rink. Loved hockey. Wanted to work. Uh, you know, there was just a low maintenance guy. Yeah. You sit down and do video with them, or you know, you could call him out on things, and he he got it. Like he. He wanted to be a player. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's I love the characteristics that you mentioned about being a person and, and a hockey player too, because it relates to everything in life. That's one thing I always love to preach about this podcast is you don't have to be a sports fan to appreciate sports because there's hardworking people, there's good people, there's people that understand how to take direction. And that relates into the business world. Because not everyone that listens to this podcast is a you know a huge hockey fan. I hope you are, but yeah. there's so many things that you can take from hockey and to develop into your job. Mm-hmm. You you know, just go into a situation with a smile on your face go into a situation willing to listen willing to learn willing to fit in mm-hmm. and you'll be fine in life and i love hearing a guy coming all the way from switzerland yeah coming to a new country coming in with a smile on his face happy works hard goes first round in the nhl it's a, it's a success story it's a really yeah. cool thing i love hearing stuff like that yeah no just yeah great great person yeah, yeah we've that's one thing in hockey you don't meet too many bad people and yeah. you know you know that from yourself and it's yeah he he was He's a world-class person. Uh, moving in from the assistant coach position to the head coach, coach, excuse me, position, a lot more responsibility. It sounds like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, you know I, I said it to you earlier there about the leadership. You know, being lonely and it's a it's a whole different ball game. It, everything's you know you, as assistant coach, you make suggestions and you know you're you uh, you know you 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 know have to make those final decisions. But as a head coach, you do, and it was you know great experience. I loved it. Um, you know we had you know I you know we had a I think we finished fourth overall that uh, that uh, that season. But it was it was good. It was yeah. great. Uh, two good assistant coach. Johnny Greenwood's a good friend of mine. He was you know a great assistant coach. And we hired Sylvain Favreau that year. Yeah. They, you know we had a, we had a great uh, we had a great staff, and it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's certainly challenging. Certainly way more responsibility and. It all falls back on you, um, you know, the curfews, the guys going to school and line matchups and yeah. power plays and who's doing this, who's doing that. So it's all comes back to you as the head coach for sure. Do you ever struggle with cutting kids or did that, how did that come to you naturally or do you struggle with it a bit? You know what, I'll tell you a story. So when I, when I first got hired in St. John, the head coach, uh, general manager, Jacques Beaulieu was, uh, he was uh, coaching the under 18s that year. So I had stepped into St. John to, to run training camp. So I was assistant coach, two new assistant coaches. Um, so, uh, I had, I basically with the head scout who was a, who was a a general manager before. So him and I ran training camp. So the first seven or eight days while Jacques was, uh, while Jacques was doing under 18. So I had to learn, like, I, you know, learned on the job, like to cut players and, you know, we, you know, uh, after three or four days, you get, 
guys leaving after 48 hours. So it was, you know, it was a good, good experience for me for, you know, my first job in major junior and having to run training camp, having to cut players, having to make rosters for, uh, for exhibition games. You know, obviously I had help doing it too, but it yeah. falls on you a little bit is, yeah. is when you're the, uh, when you're the full-time assistant and have to yeah. have to make those decisions too. So it was, it, it was cool. It was, it was a great experience. How do you do it? Like say, let's say you're cutting me right now. Like I walk in the room, I'm in the office. Okay. You know why it's, it's, it's the old money ball thing. You don't money ball. You, just you quick, just, just yeah. quick. And yeah. you know, yeah. Ask them, you know, where they're gonna, you know, play play this year, or where they think they need to improve on, and you, you know, you want to give the player feedback on what you saw in training yeah. camp, and whether it's size, whether it's you know their strength, uh, skating, and you know, sometimes it's sometimes you have to be honest, and it's playing minutes too, right? Going back to play a year midget or tier two, it, it's it's yeah. uh, you know that's that's an option, uh, or you know sometimes that's that's the reason why you want to let them go. You don't see them fitting in to your organization right now right yeah. so um so yeah those are those are all different things that you know sometimes that come into it it's yeah. not it's not fun and uh you know i've you know i i i don't know if i've ever been cut but it's not you know you just got to be honest with the player that's yeah. all they want they yeah. want they want honesty and yeah. and sometimes sometimes too they know like they know that they don't yeah. they don't fit in or where you know but i think it's i think it's important to to talk about you know what they need to improve on and absolutely. where they, where they need to uh, to yeah. get better at to, to you know to come back the following year absolutely yeah. um you mentioned you had a great supporting staff when you were a head coach and you mentioned john greenwood yeah. i'll tell a cool story about john it was when the the mem cup was here and we got media passes somehow i was yeah. pumped yeah and i walk in you know there's everyone with suits on sports nets yeah. there colby armstrong all, all the big dogs are there and i walk in with my red vest not nervous but just like all right like yeah not really fitting in that well and i go out on the bench and i'm there the mooseheads are practicing and I know a couple guys on the team, not really well. And John skates right up to me, dirt mid practice. Justin, how you doing? Good to see you. Love yeah. the podcast. Welcome. I'm happy you're here. And it just made me feel so welcome, John, just saying yeah. that and just you know shaking my hand, saying welcome. I just felt right at home. So that was a little plug for John. I know you mentioned him. And yeah, no, I I knew John Johnny a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously just from the the coaching circles and, and doing different coaching clinics and, and things like that. And then when uh, Steve Hartley went to, uh, he ended up uh, going to uh, going to coach in in Quebec. Uh, we had needed an assistant coach and I remember I, I had mentioned, I said, Johnny Greenwood's a guy to, for us to talk to, uh, you know, I said it to Cam and I said it to Dom and then obviously we, they, we had interviewed him. They had interviewed him and it was a great fit for us. Johnny, a great person, uh, yeah. loves the game, passionate, uh, great teacher of the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I got a lot of time for Johnny. Johnny's a good friend of mine and, yeah. and uh, yeah, he's going to, he's, he's a good coach, good person. Yeah. How do you like living in Germany right now? Yeah, certainly different. Uh, a whole different culture change. The beer's great. Yeah, uh, food's good. Um, yeah, so that was it. Was a uh, totally everything was new to me. Uh, coaching pro hockey, uh, men, um, uh, the food, the language, um, the autobahn, driving fast on the uh, on the highway oh, was yeah, crazy. Yeah, There's no yeah. speed limits in most of the spots, so all that stuff was new. The Euros new to me, yeah, and uh, yeah. so yeah, it was it, it great experience. Real yeah. cool. Um, learned uh yeah learned uh, the pro game and uh, playing in international hockey the bigger ice surface and in and, and different things like that but it's uh yeah really 
real cool year experience for me. Is it different working with pro guys with money, you know, bigger, bigger, bigger? Yeah, you I know? don't. Yeah, you don't. Obviously, pros of business. Junior hockey is business now, bigger than ever. Um, but uh, you know, one thing I enjoyed about the junior, uh, sorry, the pro guys was, you know, you tell them once, you probably didn't have to tell them again in terms of coaching things. Okay. And, uh, um, uh, yeah, great. Uh, yeah, great guys. Um, but they're pros. They look after themselves away from the rink. Uh, you know, stretching, train properly, and it. Um, it's a. It's it's a little bit different in terms of that. You don't have to. You know, babysit yeah, yeah, them and yeah. nag them. There's no curfew calls. They. Oh, yeah. You don't see them a whole lot away from the rink. Um, but uh, yeah, it was. It's. It, cool very awesome experience real cool what do you do in your free time over there when you're not at the rink never been to germany yeah it's you know i did some sightseeing i wasn't too for like uh i wasn't too far from um from dortmund's a bigger city there they have a you know big soccer oh, soccer yeah. team there or football as they call it over there um but it's uh yeah it you know i did some touring around uh you know you're at the rink we practice in the morning guys train first guys practice practice and then you stay at the rink for a little bit plan your next day whether you have to do video or practice planning or yeah. prep for a game and so yeah no it was it was cool it was yeah, yeah there's little, some little towns and you know you, you want to do some exploring too right my wife wasn't she come over a couple times so it was you know you're over there by yourself but you know we hang out as a coaching staff yeah and stuff like that so yeah it's it's cool yeah. you ever visit um uh conrad like yeah, ever, so he, it's funny. Uh, my wife would come over, and uh, we went to Oktoberfest for her forty. Wow! 40th, and I couldn't imagine Conrad Abelschizer in Germany is the. It, it's like Crosby in Nova Scotia. No he is, way! He's a legend over there. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he knows everybody. You know, he knew everybody here in Halifax. He's such a friendly guy. Oh yeah. You know, six foot five guy who's a great hockey player. Played over here. Played in the NHL for a bit. Uh, just a great person so we had so we had uh played on a sunday night flew my wife and i flew from i think it was dusseldorf to to munich um had dinner that night and then the next day a full day of full day of the uh, oktoberfest and it's oktoberfest in, in germany yeah it's the real shit. deal so it the tent we were in so conrad sorry conrad told me what tent to to meet at or go to that this was like the the tent of all tents he had like his own tent like his own little <laughs> so it is like eight thousand people if you can imagine this this tent so there's like 15 tents in an yeah. in munich at the at this October. it's like an adult amusement park it, it is it's okay. it's crazy so it uh yeah the you get one liter beers one liter beers at 13 euros a pop and they sell they sell eight million beers over the length of Oktoberfest. So eight eight million times thirteen. Yeah, I'm is not a, I'm not a good math. I'm, gonna, I'm I got to do. I'm <laughs> I'm pulling that up right now. Eight million times thirteen equals a hundred and four million euro. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. So yeah, we spent the day there. <clears throat> Sorry, and end up hooking up with uh, Conrad and his team. So his team was in this Red tent, yeah. Red Bull. Yeah. So, so yeah, and, and just to see the people, like he knew everybody, security guards, people high fiving him. Like he, <laughs> it was just like it was crazy. Like people are like, "Oh, you know Conrad, you know Conrad," but that's just the way you know he was. Conrad. Is this just the you know? It's just the you know his wife was there his his in-laws were there and uh, Andrew Bonner truck was there as well so uh, Blod's plays for them so yeah so we hooked up with them and uh, it was it was great it was yeah it you know I've been there once will I go back maybe but (laughs) 
to experience. And, you know, I asked my wife and we had to fly home. So we spent all day Monday there and then I flew back from Munich back to Dusseldorf because I had to be at practice the next day. But <laughs> what an experience. Like we were dressed up. We had the oh, you got like the, the yeah, overalls yeah, on and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The leader hosing and the whole thing. My wife was in the dress. Yeah, it was awesome. I can, yeah. I, I can see how Conrad is just the man in Germany. His personality just it lights up a room. Yeah, just, you know, I yeah, get that. Again, you meet, you talk about great people and great, per, you know, they, they, there's a perfect example of a guy who come over to Halifax, uh, trusted, you know, what, what was going on here. And he goes back and, you know, he's making good money there playing in a you know a world-class league and they you know pre-game skates i'd go over you know watch them pre-game skate and he'd come skating over just to say hi like during their pre-game skate just like just, just that's who he is it's, and you know we had we had beat them this year and uh conrad was outside of our dressing room waiting for me to come out just to say hi like and he's just a, that's who he is he's just a great person character like, guy it. character guy uh, good hockey player, willing to do anything for teammates. When the Memorial Cup was here a couple of summers ago, you know, I hooked up with those guys down at the Pint, and yeah, I just he's just an awesome guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get. I'm trying to think of uh, when was it? It was when I was with the team. I was healthy, scratched, and he was hurt. So we were sitting up in the press yeah. box together, and uh, a couple of my buddies were like down in the little, like the middle level where the fans yeah. sit, yeah. and me and him went down together on the elevator and we got off there right by like where subway was and king of donate king of donate you know that elevator yep, right there yep, in the yep, middle yep, floor yep. so i get off i i shit you not probably 25 people within a second crowd around him yeah. and i just kind of split off all right i'll see you later i kind of felt bad for the guy there were so many people just walked right up to him just yeah. like a magnet and just started talking to him it was incredible i've never seen well, anything like that well i re- i still remember when he graduated or you know uh you know played his played his final games here i remember him he had like a stack of framed pictures of himself and he had wrote different things on them. And he, I think he gave them to a couple ushers, no just different way. people around that. That's just who he is. He's just a unbelievable person. And he, uh, yeah, he, he, he just had a heart of gold and yeah. he'd given the people that he had, uh, you know, who had meant a lot to him. And yeah. And it's funny. Every time I talk about, you know, coaching over in Germany, it's everybody from the here asked me to just run into Conrad. Is Conrad in that? Oh, that's Lee Conrad's in. So that's just the impact he had on on uh, the Mooseheads and obviously people here. So that's, you know, hats off to him. And he gives us time here when uh, when he does, does come back. <coughs> he'll go to the bar with some people. He came no on question. the podcast yeah. twice. Yeah. When, he, when we were up at the Mem Cup sitting up in the media booth, like mm. same thing again. We're wearing the red vest. Everyone else is wearing suits. He's walking by everyone. Yeah. He stops to us, gives us a little massage. How you doing, boys? We'll see you after the game. Yeah. You know, that made us feel good. You know, it yeah. made us feel more welcomed. Yeah. He's just one of those character guys. Yeah, no, I you remember know? seeing him at the pint and uh, walking in, and he he's the first guy to put a beer in front of you. Yeah. Like, that's just who yeah. he is. Yeah. It's yeah. just the... Yeah. Uh, the culture he was brought up and you know i I th- i'm pretty sure when he signed his nhl contract that he had uh with his signing bonus i think he had bought his mom and dad a tractor off for, for their farm like no that's way. just who he is yeah it's and you know i'm sure you follow him on instagram but some of his pictures of you know cut wood at his parents place and stuff like that it's just, <laughs> that's who he is he's just a great person i like, love it what's yeah. the what's the biggest sport in germany Oh, soccer for sure. I should have known that. Yeah. That was a stupid yeah. question. Yeah, soccer. no, Dortmund. Uh, Dortmund. It's half hour from me. They get eighty thousand fans. Get crazy. The eighty thousand fans. Eighty thousand. Oh yeah. In hockey, there. It. That's that was one of the coolest things for me. Is is the the fans like they don't sit like they, it's bouncing up and down. 
uh, you know, the cheers, the flags, it's, it's a full out, uh, it's a, it's a party. Yeah. Lots of beer. And yeah. now with COVID, I don't know if that's going to be like that next year, but we'll see. Have yeah. you been to a Wanderers game? Have you been to one? I yet? have. Yes. Those are great. Yeah. Times. Great time. Yeah. They had a big, uh, they actually had a German, uh, a German player last year. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that until, uh, Chris Larson was telling me that. Yeah. They had a, they had a okay, big, cool. uh, big German guy. Oh, no, those yeah. are great little, like I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but I remember yeah. going there and just having a great time. Yeah. Weather was great. The beer was great. The entertainment was great. It went to like, uh, overtime or extra innings, whatever you call in soccer. It was yeah. a great, great time. Great yeah. sport. Yeah, no, they in it's it's in Germany. It is soccer. It is. is it? It's crazy. Like the jerseys and uh, people wearing them like as their everyday apparel, like yeah. everyday outfits. It's it's crazy. Yeah. So, what's your plan right now for going back? Your do you have a set date to go back? Like, what's well, what's the, on your schedule? the league just announced uh, November thirteenth is going to be the start date. So, I will go back end of September, beginning of October. Still, okay, uh, und, uh, you know, undecided yet, but we'll have four or five weeks of training camp and then get into it yeah okay yeah so it's crazy times and usually traditionally i'd be gone by now like last year i was i was over there by now yeah um but yeah they delayed the season we were supposed to start mid-september now it's mid-november hopefully so fans no fans i'm assuming no fans no they want to have fans they want to have fans yeah whether it's whether it's uh 50 or 60 but they want to yeah yeah i you know we're we're elite i you know as we're obviously the national hockey league is probably the only league that can survive without fans. Um, so we need to, uh, put some bums in the seats. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, you have any gossip for me about junior hockey coming back? I'm hearing a lot of dates. Have you heard anything? No, just, you know, probably all, everything that you've seen on Twitter yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think the OHL just announced there's December 1st and out West is December 1st. I don't know. I didn't yeah. Know. I, I think, I, I think that's no what idea. it is. Yeah. Um, plans rest of the summer. What are you doing? Other than going back to Germany, but while you're here. uh, You know, I'll do a little, some hockey stuff, some hockey school development stuff with some kids there. I always think that's great for my coaching. And, um, you know, it brings me back to the basics and fundamentals of of coaching. And I enjoy it. I love working with the kids and they're passionate. You know, they want to get better. And that's one of my favorite parts about it is, is working with them and, you know, keep my golf game going try to get better but that's go. not helping but uh <laughs> yeah it seems the more i play the crappier i am but but it's uh, that one hole that gets you you have that one hole where yeah. you hit an eagle and you're like yeah i'm coming yeah, back i'm coming back yeah, yeah i'm coming yeah, back yeah, it gets you yeah so no i've, I've got lots of golf in uh, i've probably done more coach development per, per, professional development for myself during covid with you know all the webinars the ho- you know um o- online in terms yeah, of yeah. learning and doing you know different things Hawk, you know the the nhl coaches association did a bunch of things so i took in a bunch of those webinars and there's tons of things that's been going on so i've been lucky to do that and that's try right. and get myself better and stay involved and yeah last the uh, last question for you yeah. i want you to give some advice for for young guys and girls that want to get into coaching yeah. you know if you could give one piece of advice on, on what to do and, and how to how to how to have a long career when it comes to, to hockey and coaching what would it be i just think it's it's you know, I, I always find coaching is beg, borrow, and stealing. And then, you know, the, the the world of technology now in terms of what you can find online and you can, you know, there's tons of coaching clinics and webinars and Zooms now that you can get on and um, just get involved. Like I always talk to a lot of young coaches is, you know, I did a lot of stuff with uh, the high performance stuff with hockey can't we you know with hockey Nova Scotia, hockey New Brunswick, and hockey Canada. And you know you don't get paid to do those things; it's all volunteer. And you know if you 
can get involved in those things, whether it's starting out as a group leader, pushing pucks and learning from other coaches. And that, you know, that was something I did that I, that I think, uh, you know, helped me a lot is, is I got involved in all those things and I wanted to learn, I wanted to coach. And, um, you know, I've been really lucky since I, since I retired is called hockey's a job. I don't think I've ever called it a job, but I've been lucky to, you know, make a living and, and, you know, not get rich from it, but, I've been lucky to to be part of it and uh, but yeah just get involved and you know ask and you know I'm in a coaches group that we zoom every Monday night there's 15 16 coaches that really yeah Jeez. and it's just just try and get be a part of different things and um, and don't be scared to ask I think you, they, it's like we said earlier in hot in hockey there's so many great people and like I you know I remember a lot this year in Germany, we had uh, our D zone wasn't great, and you know I have a connection with Gerard Glant and Mike Kelly, and calling them, hey, what are you guys doing in D zone, or what do you got, you know, how are you covering, you know, this certain play, and, and they're willing to share as well too. So there's tons of good people, tons of good resources, and don't be scared to ask, and don't be scared to to even volunteer, and and there's just you know there's so many good people in hockey. Uh, that that was that would be my biggest suggestion is get involved get involved yeah all right yeah midge thanks for coming on the podcast man we're, we recorded the whole time here we're yeah. good to go now okay so i appreciate it good great. luck uh, in germany if i'm yes. ever over there you get me some tickets get you tickets you know i'll maybe come go I'll, to october i was gonna say i'm gonna come the only time i'm coming is october yeah yeah it's actually Oktoberfest is in end of september end of Oct- in, into october if you can believe really? it yeah right. yeah Whatever. but many, the door is like always a, open right. i have a two-bedroom apartment so, hey, if you can get over there, get over there. Dudes will be on the couch. <laughs> I love it. All right. Everyone listening, thank you very much right. uh, for tuning in. Midge, once again, thank you for coming thank on. You. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. Have fun. Stay safe. We're out.
Scratch my skin, so what is wrong?